Good morning, everyone. Um, it's good seeing you all this morning. Uh, slowly, I think uh, we're getting uh, together again. January seems to be a very quiet month where there's a lot of people on holidays and traveling and coming back and forth. Um, but it's always good to see um, people attending fellowship on a, on a Sunday morning. God willing, by February, the whole church will be together again. Um, please do pray for those who are away and, and, and who are traveling um, and pray for their safety. Let's bow our heads in prayer. As you come this morning, come believing in your hearts, in the words of Jesus Christ, when he said, when two or three gather, I will be there in the midst of you. And that's why we come. It's not in vain. Faith is the reason. Faith is why we come to worship the King. Those of you who have come this morning believing in your hearts, the Lord will not disappoint anyone who comes in faith. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning that you would, um, by your Holy Spirit, draw our hearts closer to you, closer to each other. I pray, Father, that you would open our eyes, our ears, and if there's anyone here, Lord God, for the first time, that you would knock at the door of their heart, they would see you for who you are, the living God. I pray, Father, you cast away every doubt, confusion, any oppression, anything, Lord God, that hinders us from listening clearly to your truths. We come, Father, empty, and we come, Father, needing your grace, your goodness this morning. We ask you this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you a passage in Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 this morning. Joshua uh, chapter 10, verse 12. If you want to open up this passage, I'm going to read through this. Um, the Israelites were fighting against the Amorites. Uh, there was a battle going on. Um, and in this battle, chapter 10, verse 12, we find this passage. So if you've got that open, how's everyone's um, eight days? Eight days in. 2023 going. It's eight days. If, um, if New Year's Day was the creation of the world, yesterday would have been the day of rest. You all rested? You all at rest? Are you all um, pretty excited about 2023? Some of you um, starting uh, the year as you intended it to be, or some of you dragging stuff from 2022. Are you rested? Did you have a good rest yesterday? Listen to this passage in Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord. In the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still at Gibeon. And moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. 
There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. That's an extraordinary event that took place, isn't it? The sun standing still. In fact, the Bible says that there's not anything like this before or since where the sun actually stood still in the sky. Imagine seeing that for the first time. Like, what that experience. What would it have been like? Now, it's not just as much about the sun standing still. What it is about is actually time paused. Time paused. And the sun wasn't going to go down and it wasn't going to set till there was a certain thing that was yet to be accomplished. And imagine being a man who was able to command the sun and the moon to stop. Now, a lot of people look at that and they become sceptical because they think, well, that's impossible. How does that even happen? And, and a lot of scientists, they kind of dispute that because they, 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 they do all these calculations. You know, like if the sun did stop, then blah, 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 this is what will happen, you know? And it's almost like they're talking as though God is some human being um, who's incapable of doing things like this, you know, as though, as though God is kind of um, within certain parameters, forgetting that God is God and there are no boundaries for him because he is the boundary, you know, like he is, he is everything, all in all, everything. And they question, did this really happen? It's like saying to someone that someone dies and all of a sudden their heart stops pulsating and there's no blood flowing in their body as though it's impossible for God to actually get them to get up, to walk around and move because they need the heart to to pulsate. Like God can't get someone walking unless the heart pulsates and the blood moves. And that's ignorance, to be honest. It's, It's ignorance because God can do anything. God isn't bound by laws. God is that law, you know. So God doesn't need the sun to make the world shine, because in fact, he says, in the beginning, there was light, and the sun was created on the fourth day. God didn't need the sun to bring light. That's the beauty and the power of God. That's what's already there in the very first passages in Genesis, so that you get the idea that the world isn't controlled by science. Well, it is. It is, because God is science. He is science, and everything that is against or opposes that is not science at all. And so, we see this account that the sun stood in the sky. It stayed there. Time was paused. And it was paused for one particular reason. Because there was a battle going on and the battle needed to be completed. It's actually a beautiful picture how God, he's the greatest artist. He, He paints it for us. There's a message in here that if we understood it, it would actually be quite profound to the way we actually live our lives, especially at the early days of 2023. You know, Can you imagine being Joshua? Where does a man have the ability and the power to actually look at the sun and tell the sun, sun, be still? Where does a man actually have the power to tell the moon, moon, you stay where you need to be? In the midst of a battle and bloodshed going on. Where does someone muster that energy, that faith? Well, Joshua would have seen a lot of great miracles growing under the mentorship of of Moses, you know. Like the parting of the Red Sea. Can you imagine what that would have looked like? 
to be able to be at the end. Now, most of these stories, you need to understand, they're not just pictures of great events. What they are, they're stories of escapism. That's what they are. They're, they're stories about people getting out of a situation. Like you're in bondage with the, the Egyptians and you're bound to basically be destroyed because they're coming after you and you're stopped by the sea. And the story isn't just as much as about this parting of a sea. It's about escaping. It's about freedom. It's about victory, just like this one is. Keep that in mind, that any obstacle, any test, any trial is not about God just showing you how great He is. It's actually about freedom. It's not like God trying to entertain you. <laughs> Look what I can do. It's actually about freedom. That's what it's about. It's about freedom. And so Joshua would have experienced a lot of great things under the leadership of Moses, especially the parting of the sea. Look, fantastic, fantastic. The walls of Jericho came down with a shout. It was extraordinary. So much so that this man became so resolute that Christ and that God is all in all that nothing stood in his way. This is, the same, this is the same person who stands before the world in his time and he says, if it is evil, if it's wrong and bad to serve the Lord, choose this day then who you want to serve. Because he's convinced. If you don't want to serve God, then choose. Don't serve him. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, this is beautiful, this is actually beautiful, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, mate, I've seen so much. I see God is good and God is true. As for me... And my house, we will serve the Lord. He gives them an option. He says, look, you know, you choose. Do you want to serve the God that your father served beyond the river? Or do you want to serve the gods of the Amorites right here, right now? Do you want to be in the situation that you're in right now, as you are, serving a God that's not real, or a God that is beyond the river that your fathers served? Which one do you want? So the one beyond the river, I can't see. It's further ahead of me. But the one right now, I'm right in it. And you choose, which one do you want? Most of you can't even see ahead of you. You don't even know the God that I'm talking about. He's beyond that. And you think, oh, no, but I'd rather be serving the gods that I'm in right now, the situation. You're serving something. You're believing in something. You're devoting yourself to something. And that's your situation. Are you happy? Do you want to be there? Or do you want to serve the God beyond that thing you can actually see? Which one? Choose for yourself. As for me, Joshua confidently says to the people, I'm going to serve God. It's the same man who tells them, sanctify yourselves, make yourselves holy, separate yourselves from anything related to you, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So there's a close relationship between holiness, righteousness, uh, cleanse purity and the wonders of God. Do you want the wonders of God? Do you want the power of God? Then separate yourself from all that you are. That's what Joshua is telling the people. Sanctify yourselves. Separate yourselves. Separate yourselves. And then you'll see the wonders of God. Joshua even told the Israelites, he says to them, get up, 
consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves because tomorrow this is the Lord, the God of Israel. There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. You can't experience the wonder, the beauty, the power of God unless you sanctify yourself, you separate yourself, you consecrate yourself and take away from you your devotions to those things that are not of God. This is Joshua, he choose you this day. This is the man that commanded the sun to stay in the sky and the moon to stop. Brothers and sisters, you and I can never muster any thrill or excitement or awesome experience in Christ when we, when we are devoted to those things that are not of Him. And if you wonder why your Christian life isn't what it should be or what it needs to be, it's because you are devoting yourself to certain things that are not of Him. If you want the victory of the faith of Joshua, who commands the Son, you need to listen to what he says. Consecrate yourself, because God is going to do a wonderful thing. It's extraordinary. Now, there's a few lessons that we can learn from this experience, this battle that was going on. Three things I want to pinpoint for you uh, this morning about this battle. Firstly, this is what you learn. If darkness came, you would be overpowered. When darkness come, it's going to overpower you. Therefore, the darkness has to stop. We've got to keep the light there. You understand? As soon as the sun would set, the Israelites knew that this region and its terrain was very unfamiliar for me. You know, you understand? The Amorites knew the terrain very well. But as soon as the sun set, they will begin to lose a battle and they needed the sun to stop till we win. You cannot win in darkness. You cannot win when you hold to sin. Do you understand? You can come to church... <laughs> but when there's sin and darkness, you cannot win. So what you need to do is this. You need to stop doing what you're doing and tell the darkness to hold its place till light overcomes it. But many Christians don't do that, unfortunately. Because as soon as someone does that, there's obstacles like theology and it tells them, oh, you can't work your salvation, you can't, can't work, you know. As soon as someone basically says, stop, I've got to deal with this. This thing is not right, I need to consecrate it, I need to purge it from me, I need to, no, 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 don't worry, bro. God's forgiven everything, God's grace, God's, no. You cannot prevail in darkness. You need to stop the darkness to experience the wonders of God. There's a beautiful song by G Jimmy Needham called Clear the Stage. Have you heard that song? It's actually a beautiful song. I don't know why it's, uh, it wouldn't be questioned a lot by current Christian theology, because if you listen to this song, I think it really hits heart, uh, hits it, at the, uh, it shows the heart of the gospel message. 
Listen, I'll read it to you. I'll read it like a poem because it's actually a song. But listen, clear the stage and set the sound and lights ablaze. If that's the measure you must take to crush the idols. Jerk the pews and all the decorations too until the congregations are few and then you have revival. Tell your friends, listen to this, tell your friends that this is where the party ends. Until you're broken for your sins, you can't be social. Then seek the Lord to open up his mouth and speak. And pray for real upon your knees until they blister. No, bro, get up, man. <laughs> you know, God's done everything. Jesus has done it all. And this person's having a fight. He's, he's, in, he's, he's fighting against the Amorites. And the darkness is coming in. And the Spirit of God is saying to him, don't settle. Don't sit. Don't rest. While today is called today, don't harden your heart. And if you're hardening your heart, tell the sun to stop so that you can claim victory, the wonders of Christ. See, I don't think many Christians are like that because many Christians are quick to social. Many Christians, when they're convicted of sin, they'll sit for like 30 seconds on their knees, ask God for forgiveness, and no sooner they get a phone call, let's go out party, mate, let's go for a coffee. But the one who is grieved by their sin because they haven't claimed victory over it and darkness is coming in, they can't do anything other than to make sure, I'm not going to face another day, another hour. You know, I need to deal with this. In fact, it's the most beautiful principle of life. You're having an issue with someone, don't leave it for tomorrow. Deal with it. It's healthy. But not with God, you know. God's different. No, it's the same. Love, passion urges you to tell the son to stop. I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal. Keith Green wrote a song. And he says this, one sleepless night of anguish prayer, I triumph over sin. One sleepless night of anguish prayer, I triumph over sin. One battle of God's holy war, he promised me to win. But most of us sleep defeated. Most of us wake up to 2023 still the same. Because how many of us actually stopped in the battle and said, you know what, Lord... Don't let me rest, don't let me slumber, don't let me sleep till I deal with this sin. You think God's going to forsake someone, reject someone, say, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I'm not going to help you with your sin. <laughs> no, not at all. You think God's going to not feed the hungry, the thirsty? But after all, isn't this what it means to hunger and thirst after righteousness? Is that I can't sleep. Not many Christians understand the scripture in Psalm 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. You see, there's nothing wrong to wrestle out your issue. And it may be tough, and it may be hard, but there's joy that comes in the morning. There's defeat. Jesus himself said, While the day is light, I must work and do what I need to do before the darkness comes. And so it is the same with the Christian. 
But I'll tell you what else is really beautiful about this passage and, and, and you can learn from, is that the glory of God cannot be seen in your sin. The glory of God cannot be seen while there's darkness. There has to be a light that springs from the darkness. You can't stay in darkness and say, oh, the glory of God. So the light must shine so that you could see the defeat. Because you walk in the light as he is in the light and the blood of Jesus Christ shows you how to defeat that sin and keep you clean. That's why you can't have carnal Christians. Even the word carnal, I think, you know what's worse than carnal Christians? Chameleon Christians. Chameleon Christian adapts to where they are. They change. So if they're in the world, they become the world. When they're in the church, they become the church. It's a a characteristic of carnality. But you can't have that. If you're wondering why I can't seem to take a hold of my faith, it's because you're a chameleon Christian. In church, you experience the the diffusion. I don't know. It's like, oh man, I feel God. But then when you're in the world, you're in the world. I don't understand how anyone can go into the world and fear the world. Oh man, it's like going to be hard for me to you know, hang out with uh, you know, that, that crowd. That group. I don't get that. To be honest, I can go and I can hang with any group because what is in me is greater than he that is in the world. It doesn't, I, it's not the world or the situation that changes me. I, what's in me, changes that. That's the freedom, the victory. And so we have all Amorites and we have all uh, Gibeonites and, you know, and there's battles going on. Did you know that if it went dark, the, the God of the Amorites, which was the God of the moon, would have demonstrated victory? Did you know when, he, when Joshua held the sun back, he was actually showing the Amorites who believed in the God of the sun and the God of the moon that their God is incapable, incompetent. That his God held their God while they were being slayed and slaughtered. They're wondering, why is my God not shutting down? Why, why, why in the midst of my God are my people being slaughtered? And so you get to see the glory and wonder of God. Not in the darkness, but in the light. Not in the darkness, but in the light. You will not know anything of the power of Jesus if you haven't experienced the transforming grace of God. You came to Jesus because you were blind. You must walk out seeing. You came to Jesus because you were lame. You must walk out. You came to Jesus because you couldn't talk. You must be able to speak now. But you can't say, I came to Jesus. What a beautiful voice I heard. It's wonderful. Close to my heart but you don't see. See, it's the glory of the Lord that shone in darkness and that light sprung forth. It sprung forth. Now you're thinking to yourself, but that's not me because I think that's an obstacle to faith. That's not me. (laughs) That's Joshua. That's Joshua. And he's a great man of God. I'm just me. I'm not. And that's the third thing you'd learn from this passage. The third thing you'd learn from this passage is this. Listen to what it says. And, now, and, I, and I love this. There has been 
no day like it before or since. When the Lord heeded the voice of a man, there's never been a time where God listened to the voice of a man like this. God listens to the voice of a man. We know through all history, God says, how can I hold my secrets away from the one I love, Abraham? I want to share with him my heart and I want to tell him. And in him and Abraham began to negotiate the salvation power of God and, 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 and they engaged and this one here was like a, even more spectacular because this one here, God heeded the voice of a man and the sun, the sun stood still. And since those days, nothing's been like that until, until Jesus Christ came and now God heeds the voice of every single man in the greatest miracle, far greater than the sun and that's the salvation of your soul. God heeds that. He listens to that. It's extraordinary that the greatest miracle, far greater than the sun standing still, far greater than all the lepers being healed, is the fact that you confessed in a dark, dark world the Lord Jesus Christ. And he heeded to that. He heard that and he came and he transformed you. That is the greatest miracle in the whole human race. In fact, everything that you read and understand is pointing you to this main miracle, the soul being delivered in a dark, crooked world. It's unbelievable. And God heeds to that. Why? The psalmist says this. The psalmist says, says what is man? Psalm 8, verse 3 to 4, the psalmist says, When I look at your heavens... And I look at the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? Like when I consider all the glory and all the beauty and all the one and all of creation. And I think how amazing it is. I look at the universe. I think, what? Who am I? And that's what's extraordinary because he takes heed to that. He listens to that. In fact, let me share with you a passage in Matthew that you may want to consider. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. Listen to this. It's beautiful. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. Jesus himself told the disciples very clearly, very clearly, he told the disciples, these 12 Jesus sent out in verse 5, he instructed them, listen, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. Jesus himself told his disciples that. Sounds like he's a racist, doesn't it? 
Don't go, don't go to the Gentiles. The gospel is not for the Gentiles. And don't go into the, the Samaritans because it's not for them. And he says this. Listen, he says, But, verse 6, Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What, Jesus? It means it's not at hand for the Gentiles. No, it's not at hand for the Samaritans. I just want you to go tell them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Don't go to the Gentiles. Why? Because he's faithful. He's got to finish it. He's got to do what he set out to do. I've got to fulfill my promise. Because it's important for me to complete every word that I say. I've told them, I'm coming after you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to... So don't go anywhere. Let's finish this work. Let's finish this job. It's only for the Jews. The kingdom of God is at hand. So don't go to them. It's not because he didn't love them. It's not because he didn't care about them. But because he's faithful. He keeps to his word. I've got to finish this. But you and I know clearly... The amount of people who came to kick the door down. And Jesus couldn't refuse it. Did he go and bypass the way to find the Samaritan woman? What about uh, the centurion, the Roman centurion? He comes and he says, Lord, I plead for my beloved servant, my, my servant. He's a, he's a Roman, he's a Gentile. He should, have, he, should have, he should have listened to this instruction himself. But he didn't. Because God heeds the voice of that lowly, you know. Like even that, even that person, God can't refuse. He can't refuse. Faith turns the arm of God. Faith twists his plans and his wills. Faith does wonders beyond you can ever understand. Faith brings God from heaven and he converses with man. Faith puts the sun in the sky and it leaves it there till victory is won. And so what does he say about this man? What does he say about this man who he wasn't even meant to be talking to or preaching to? What does he say? He says, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, no one, no one in all of Israel has this man's faith. And then there's the woman of uh, the, the Syrophoenician she comes to him too, and she pleads for her daughter who's demon-possessed. And he says, I didn't come for you. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've got to fulfill. You know, I've got to, I didn't come for you. But she broke the door down. She pushed it away. She barged into heaven, even though the doors were shut, through faith. Because I didn't come for you. She goes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Man, who does that? Faith. Faith does that. It's not, we're living in a different world today. We're living in a world of ownership today. You tell someone that, forget it, I don't care. But that's not faith. He heeds. Never has it ever been seen. The heart cannot conceive. This is Thursday night Bible study. The eye cannot see, the ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who call on him, who receive him. What is man? What is man that he is mindful? 
when darkness creeps in, lies, deceit, you find yourself in the same situation. Brother and sister, don't move on. Hold the sun in the sky and don't go anywhere till that's defeated. There you'll see the power of God. There you'll, you'll see the wonders of heaven because you consecrated yourself. What you did, you said, is I will no, no longer live till Christ is formed in me. I will no longer have an opinion. I will no longer do what I want to do and desire what I want to desire. Let me, let me finish the, the poem for you. Shine the light on every corner of your life until the pride and lust lies are open. Then read the word and put to test the things you've heard until your heart and soul are stirred and rocked and broken. We must not worship something that's not even worth it. Clear the stage. Make some place for the one who deserves it. Anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want with all my heart is an idol. And anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. And anything that I give all my love is an idol. Many shall come on that day and say, Lord, Lord. Many, not a few, lots. Lots and lots and lots. And these people, listen, were good people. They're probably better than most good people. And they were able to do amazing things. They were healing, casting out demons. They were doing things that looked like they were God's things. And it's unfortunately that this passage here has been twisted by people because they say, oh, these people are a work salvation people. That's why they didn't get to heaven because they were boasting about the things that they did. That's why they didn't get in because it's works, 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 works. No, it wasn't. That's not why they didn't get in. It's actually quite clear why they didn't get into heaven. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite why they didn't get to heaven. They didn't get to heaven because... Let me read the passage for you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So you, you, go to, you do it. It's not like, you, 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 oh, they didn't get to heaven because they, they work salvation. No, no. The one who does it. The will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Is that the will of God? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Is that the will of God? Um, did we not do mighty works in your name? Is that the will of God? No. You see? No, it's not. Because it still says they did not do the will of God. Because what, what they did do and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In fact, they didn't even have the law. They were breaking everything. They wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. 
It's good for them to do the things that look like God, that look like Christ, because it comforts the heart, it eases the conscience, but in the heart of hearts, they did not do the will of God. This is what filthy rags and righteousness is. When you do absolutely anything and everything you want to do as a Christian that looks like Christian and behaves like Christian, you visit the poor, you you look after people and all that, but in your heart of hearts, you're not doing the will of God. Meaning that you still hold to something and you're not defeating it. Whether it's jealousy, envy, uh, backbiting, um, whatever it is, deep down, pride, lust, whatever it is. You can do whatever you do. But if you haven't told the sun to be still and gain victory before I go to sleep again, you are not doing the will of the Father. Does that make sense? This is good news, brothers and sisters, because those of you who can hear me, you're set free if you believe. You don't have to leave this room again this morning still fighting as the sun is setting. This morning we put the sun on hold and we say, Lord Jesus, deal with it before I leave this room. Do it in me. Complete me. Break me. Do what you need to do in me. Don't go to to coffee today. Don't go to lunch today. Deal with it. And the Bible says, who Jesus sets free is free indeed. This is good news. This is good news. This, those of you who walked in this morning feeling 2022 is still upon you. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I don't know what it is. And I don't think it's my ability or my skills. But I always seem to finish at the time I need to finish. So for me, I feel like this is God confirming me, for me personally, that this is His truth, this is His word. You know, on the dot, 11.30, we're done. That's the intended service time. So if the word of God spoke to you and it's spoken to you, don't worry to the left or to the right. You respond to the Lord. You don't even have to worry about me. You respond to God and believe. Believe in faith. If Joshua, an ordinary man, can stop the sun in the sky and God looks at the lowly and the least of them, then how much more is he going to listen to you? Believe and lay your life at his feet. Live as though in the eyes of God it's just you and him. Not your spouse, not your partner, not your friends. It's just you and Him. And all that matters is your faith in Him. Father in heaven, I give you thanks, I give you praise. You know the word, Lord God, that you've prepared, that you put on my heart, you've pressed on my life, that these things aren't things that are understood by the the one who does not know you, but rather, Lord God, they're understood by those who you've granted the Holy Spirit to. Teach us, Father, to be discerning, to open our eyes and our ears. Thank you for your patience and your grace. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.